Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm now joined by someone I have been listening to since my undergraduate time in college. It's Dave Damashek. Dave, how are you doing, sir? I'm swell. How about you, fella? I like that look at you with the uh, with the clothes right out there behind you there. I like that you, you you are an open book or an open closet, at least. You have all your clothes on a rack right behind your head there. So the thing about that is none of it's mine. It's my girlfriend's. Like, yeah. that's all the girlfriend's clothes. So my clothes. So here's the dumb thing that I did. So because I put together this office in this room, like I have my half. I, I don't know how this works with you, but when you... When you're in a relationship with somebody, you have a give and take and you got to you got to figure out how you're going to manage your stuff. And when you're living in the same house, you got to figure out what uh, where things go, because I've it's hard. There's only so much space. And I have a bookshelf over here, all my cool helmets, all my cool NFL merch. And then I have all these cool posters. Then I have a cool Falcons thing right here. Um, Mm -hmm. There it is. Okay. Um, all of that is not on camera. So everything right. in office, none of it makes sense. So this office is backwards for this kind of scenario. Are you trying to, is this an attempt? I mean, if it is, you're really going the extra mile here to, to prove to the world that you talk to a girl, that at least one girl likes you. Is right. that the strategy here? Because it makes no sense that you don't have your helmets showing. It's kind of like when people... Guys always say like, oh, it's so embarrassing when you're at the grocery store or whatever and you have to buy uh, and you have to buy tampons or whatever. And it's like, yeah, isn't that an indication to the world that a girl likes you enough to have you do that, that you're in a relationship? It's 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 a form of humble bragging in a way to go up to the register and say, like, yes, look at this uh, cashier. Mm -hmm. I'm in a relationship with a lady. So in the same way, you're now putting these clothes up for everybody to see. It's a little it's a little on the nose for me, but you do you, Chase. I promise that is not what's happening here, Dave. And uh, to the listeners watching at home. um, No, that's it. But as you know, Dave, we're both veteran podcasters. We're both guys who work in sports media that one of the things that we found in our lives is that women love when uh, they find out you're a podcaster, especially like a sports podcaster. That goes a long way. Oh yeah. Right, 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 right. They like it's, it really is. uh, It, it, it is the ultimate like leading man, you Mm -hmm. know, the star of uh, stage and screen. No, no, no. Talking into a microphone to dozens and dozens of people. That's, that's uh, the linchpin to success with the ladies in the 21st century. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, I got to ask because this was even on my first day on the rundown, but I was going through your stuff today and you were pretty adamant, uh, Dave, you were through my stuff. You're going through my stuff. That sounds salacious, but okay. Going through your social, going through your social stuff. I didn't know what you meant, but okay, go ahead. Yes. Yes. And what I found very anti Washington commanders, new look. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Um, I'm a big uniform guy, and uh, as a Falcons fan, like what we've been doing as of late, it's not the best. Don't enjoy it. The two-tone is about as bad as it's been uh, in recent years. But with your Pittsburgh Steelers, like in the Pittsburgh fandom, like all your uniforms are always perfect. The Pirates have always been perfect. The Steelers have always been perfect. And the Penguins have always been perfect. So you've just had this like 
this great run of just nothing but enjoying what you're seeing. Even the Pitt College, they went back to the blue and yellow. Like they were here in Knoxville this past year and like they went back to the traditional look. That looks amazing. Um, it's yeah, that was, that was nice. Although I will say if we're going to critique it, that's an example of I love uniform matchups and the Vols and the Pitt Panthers didn't exactly go together. It was too bright. It was a little uh, – it was a little Houston Astros 1979-ish uh, orange and yellow and very bright. But, uh, yeah. yes, the results were fine on my end uh, as a as a pit supporter. But, uh, um, yeah, you not. say I like I like you saying that the Falcons of late haven't been doing well, as in the last 30-something years. Since the Jerry Glanville Dion years, I think they got things sideways when they decided to basically mimic the Raiders but sprinkle in a little bit of red there. Um, with that, they, should, they, they need to go back to the Barkowski before you walk the planet yeah. Earth. That when they had Barkowski and William Andrews and Gerald Riggs and that gang and the mm-hmm. red hats and the red jerseys and the and, and the gray pants, that's where it was at for the Falcons in my book. I mean, you, you're not going to get an argument from me. I love that look. I have a but I also really did enjoy the black uh last look like i have the keith brooking signed falcons helmet for that era right over there and i don't know i like that i thought the black with the silver and you you mentioned it looks a little bit like the raiders but i thought it was clean like at least i would take that over what we're doing now and where we're at right now agree with that yes what what you have going on now is is still in the conversation don't get sidetracked by the commies or the Mm -hmm. jags or whoever else you might summon as bad uniform havers i think the falcons are the worst uniforms in pro football right no. now. I think, oh. I think, I oh. think. The commanders are number one now. Like, I don't even think it's a contest. That, no, which- well, they're fresh. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. They aren't good. There's no question about that. The all black ones are, are especially atrocious, but yeah. they're bad, but they're plain. The Falcons are just weirdo looking getups. All the, the font is bizarre. The whole thing, mm-hmm. that, that, that thing stinks. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I'll, I don't disagree. Um, I wanted to talk to you this week, Dave, because things are about to get different for you. Um, things as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan uh, is about to be really different. Um, I'm sure. Well, I, I don't even know if I'm sure. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, the welcome change uh, with Ben Roethlisberger retiring officially. Um, I want to first ask, what will you miss most about Big Ben in Pittsburgh? I, you know, the miss most i you know i i think that the the sweet spot is in the qb league is to have the genuine article at sports most important position locked up and Mm -hmm. and you know that's the for 18 years that position was solved it was not a headache um fits and starts obviously along the way but um you know to have never worse than one of the top 10 QBs in the league made the Steelers a perennial contender and people get sideways and that, you know, they, they spew the empty rhetoric about it's a team game. It's not just about the quarter quarterback, which, which kind of is an attempt to outthink what is, what is empirically true that Mm -hmm. the, the teams that have the top half dozen or so QBs, tend to be in the mix for the Super Bowl year after year after year. Joe Flacco and um, Nick Foles and Brad Johnson are the exceptions that prove the rule. Jimmy G to some extent. Um, but for the most part, if if the goal is, and obviously it is, to be a perennial contender, if you if you land on the right guy 
at quarterback, you're going to be in the mix more often than not in the 21st century. And so, uh, you know, that and then, you know, viscerally, he was uh, Roethlisberger is not the same as Peyton, Brady, Breeze. Those guys are more surgical, accurate, you know, deduce what's about to happen. Pre-snap line of scrimmage kind of stuff. Roethlisberger was much more playground style, which was fun. You know, the gunslinger, you know, the, the, that trio that I just named versus Favre, Elway, Roethlisberger, you know, to, to my eye as a fan, I prefer the gunslinger type. It's more exciting week in and week out and season after season versus the guy who's, you know, who, who gets it done more methodically. So in, in my book, I'll take the surgeons are admirable, but I'll, I'll choose the gunslinger if I have a choice between what kind of QB I'm going to watch week in and week out. Did you enjoy the last couple of years, though? Was it troubling to just go into each season knowing that, like, this is the tail end of the Ben Roethlisberger experience? We're riding out. We're, we're, we're doing right by him by riding out into the sunset with him. But just the questions of, like, can we still win a title? Because you still had a lot of talent around him, and the offensive line was so good. Uh, Munchak being there was obviously a big help. But you had so much receiver talent. You had so much talent on defense that you were like, man, I... I don't know. I, were you in a weird position as a fan where you're like, I feel like we're kind of wasting this great group around him because Ben's not quite there anymore. But also we kind of have to do right because he's arguably the best quarterback in franchise history. Like to, how how did you weigh the two of those competing uh, thoughts? I don't think that, first of all, that it was I know a lot of people have turned the conversation into into something else, but realistically, it has to do with contracts. It doesn't have to do with some sort of loyalty to the QB who's been, you know, who's been under center for X number of years and we owe it to him to let him play it out. He was under contract. And when he decided to come back last year or, you know, you know, what was it? 11 months, 12 months ago now, when he when he declared that, I know a lot of people wanted to figure a way around that, first of all. Once he decides I'm coming back for whatever the hit was, you know, let's say 20 ish million, there just wasn't a practical workaround to bring somebody mm-hmm. else in there. I know a lot of people said, like, this is a shame because they need to move on from him. The cap hit was going to be the cap hit. So if they decide, like, we're just going to cut him and release him, it would be a bad look for the franchise, which, by the way, to your point, I think was informed to some degree by the sort of unpleasant departures of Palomalu and James Harrison and Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown. And from the organization side of thing, from a PR standpoint, for whatever that matters to them, they probably wanted a better send off for, for their franchise QB after this long. But like I say, more practically, everybody tied themselves into the knots about like, they should instead get blank to be the QB. And why don't they go after this guy? Because they can't. There's a salary cap and they're tied to this contract. This is what happens when you, I mean, you see the Rams were able to, you know, thread the needle with dumping the guy who turned out to be borderline fraudulent. They wanted Jared Goff to be the franchise QB. They paid him as such. They gave him the second contract. And at some point it hit Sean McVay and Les Snead. 
just because we're paying him to be the franchise QB doesn't magically turn him into being that. And they found the Lions who were able to take that contract off their hands or else they'd still be jammed up and, you know, be a, a good team, but not in the Super Bowl kind of team, which is where they were tracking um, with that saddled with that Jared Goff contract. So I, I hear what you're saying and, you know, pie in the sky. I would love to have had prime uh, ben Roethlisberger or a top five quarterback. But, you know, that's if you look through it mm-hmm. in the 21st century, basically since Kurt Warner, since the um, you know greatest show on turf arrived. So however many years that is, 22, 23 years, the lion's share of which is ironic for Detroit Lions fans, but the lion's share of quarterbacks appearing in the Super Bowl, win or lose, were franchise QBs on their rookie deals. If you go through it, you'll find that the, the the quarterbacks, the sweet spot is years two through five. That's when you'll see, even in the age of Brady and all of his Super Bowl runs as a veteran and, and, and everything else, you'll find that the majority of guys playing in the Super Bowl are quarterbacks on their on their rookie deals, two through five. That's not a coincidence. It's because if you have the real deal at the most important position, but you still have enough cap space to to flesh out the rest of your roster around that guy, that's when you're going to make your hay. That's what happened with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. That's what happened with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. And you can basically tick down the list and see that that's Never true. Now, now we'll see with Mahomes what happens as his second contract starts to kick in here. We'll see how much that diminishes the rest of the roster. It's a legitimate concern if you're a Chiefs fan. Can you believe that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl this year? Well, it's it, it, yeah, no, I can't. It's crazy, but it also mm-hmm. is supported by what I just said too. You know, we we yeah. we we can't believe it. And when you say I, you know, I said two months ago, I could see the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl here with the way they're constructed, and people scoffed. People are, are love to express cynicism because it's easy to express it when you've never seen it before. It's easy to say when somebody floats a sort of a long shot team like. I think blank's going to go there. It's easy to say, like, that team is not going to win the championship. You're probably going to look smart at the end because only one team is going to win the championship. So it's a good yeah. good uh, professional strategy for those of us who talk into a microphone uh, to predict doom for for pretty much every team because mm-hmm. most teams are not going to end up uh, playing for the championship. So, yeah, but all that said, yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shocker, but it also shows how crazy – pro football is versus the rest of the league versus the other professional leagues. Like in the NBA teams just don't do it. Like you just don't come out of nowhere and be some bum joke team. And then the next year wind up in the championship. It just doesn't happen in, in say the NBA. So I better or worse parody is, is interesting that it it makes it uh, as unpredictable as anything. The NFL that the, that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. And by the way, the Niners almost got there. And who would have thought if you fell into a coma in February of 2021, if I were around the draft, let's say, of 2021, like, yeah, the Niners are real close to getting to the Super Bowl. But oh, but but guess what? The guy who they went up to get at uh, third overall, Trey Lance, is going to have zero impact on the season. It's all going to be Jimmy G. You wouldn't have believed that either. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We were talking about it on the pod on Monday with Evan Swords, um, a 49ers hub, where I mentioned to him where I was like, it's kind of wild that the thing that scares me about the Niners and Kyle is like the shield's gone. So Jimmy Garoppolo was the shield for years. Like this was the guy where 
Um, he's not, he was the, you traded for him and you were also still like, he never fully committed to a young quarterback. And until you commit to a young quarterback, you're not on the clock. Really? Like Kyle Shanahan was playing with fool's money with Nick Mullins and everything else. Like people are like, Oh, I feel bad for Kyle. It's like, no, it's a great thing. Like him just kicking the can down the road of finding a franchise quarterback buys him time because when you get the franchise quarterback and you miss on Trubisky or you miss on whoever that is, that's it. Like, cause someone hit in that rookie class someone did and you're the coach who did not hit on his rookie quarterback and you missed that two to five year window that you're talking about and once you miss that window it's over like your coaching career at that place is gone so you just saw it with brian flores a little bit where Tua tonga viola like if he liked him if they were on the same page that probably changes a lot of what this past year looks like and whether or not he's still there so it's amazing how much the two are tied together, but I I don't know. I just think it's interesting because now the clock is on with Kyle Shanahan, and I'm very curious to see what happens here with him and Trey Lance because we don't know. But the idea that he is going to be like Jimmy Garoppolo took the A, the Niners already to a Super Bowl, which is already hard enough. We know how hard it is to get to Super Bowl. You're going to tell me that Trey Lance is going to be able to get to two NFC title games in three years? In that two to five year window, that's asking a lot in the NFC. And I think there's a strong possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo was your better option and will have the better like one, like three year window with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco that I don't know. That's why this game is tough. And Philadelphia fans just dealt with that. But they got the ring. They they won. They did that with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, where it's like, yeah, Carson was awesome and all that was fun. But we still like Nick Foles wasn't our guy. He wasn't our MVP but he did get us a ring Carson not working out. Doug Peterson's gone like that. Like the whole thing. It's just, it, it happens everywhere. Right. Well, I, I think I, I, well, I agree with you. And um, where Shanahan and Lynch are concerned mm-hmm. on, on some level, they bought themselves a year by running it with Jimmy G instead yeah. of Trey Lance. They bought themselves to your point. Like if Trey Lance, if they put him in there, as their week one starter or whatever, their week six starter or whatever, and he falls on his face, then they're in the crosshairs now. Yeah. This way, at least they've kicked it down the road by an extra year, maybe two years. If Trey Lance mm-hmm. is an atrocity in 2022, I think you still spin it like, yeah, well, stick with me for, you know, you know at this point, you know, you're not going to show Lynch and Shanahan the door, but I completely hear what you're saying they kind of played with fire here and had their cake and eat it too and whatever other cliches we can throw out there but what's fun about that is that um they got kind of what they asked for they ran it back with jimmy g and if you get to the super bowl with jimmy g now you're really stuck it's sort of like the san francisco 49ers uh you know what about 10 years or so ago when Alex Smith just about gets him to the Super Bowl and then halfway through the following season, they're like, yeah, sit down, Alex. We're going to go with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar. And it, it's funny how those things mirror each other within the same franchise because that's exactly what the Packers have done, too. With They draft Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. Gr- he was really good, but he was not Aaron Rodgers' prime in 2019 when they go 13 and three and they go to San Francisco and lose in that title game, that's what informed them getting Jordan love. And now the, they have Jordan love sitting there, which, uh, you know, my contention is if Jordan love would have played great in arrowhead halfway through 
yeah. this past regular season, I don't think very, very many Packers fans would be concerned about the threats from Rodgers. Like, I want out of this town. Like, people would say, especially without having been in a Super Bowl with him for 11 years, they'd say, like, goodbye, Aaron. Good luck in Denver, wherever you want to go. We, we've got the real deal waiting behind you on his rookie deal. I think that people are now a little nervous because Jordan Love hasn't shown much of anything. And it's the same thing now back to San Francisco. They should have been been nervous anyway, because the likelihood that they're pulling off 30 to 40 years straight of elite first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play was next to none. This is what I was telling Packers fans for years of just like, you don't understand, like as annoying as Aaron Rodgers is, the Packers organization, they understand that this is insane, that they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and that the grass is not always greener and you have no idea. You could Jordan Love can look great in practice. He can look horrible in practice. He could show signs. All that being said, there is it's just it's next to impossible to put three consecutive Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back to back and just have them for all of their prime. Like that's it's unheard of. And you put up with it when Aaron Rodgers is still an MVP candidate and he might win it again this year. And you're like, no, I, I get why LaFleur is like, I hope he's a Packer until he retires because LaFleur, like we've said, is playing with house money because as long as Aaron Rodgers is still a member of the Green Bay Packers, they are going to gobble up these regular season wins. They're not going anywhere. The NFC North, they just had, what, two more coaching changes? The Lions aren't anywhere close. They're fine. Like They can run this back. I hear you. Mm-hmm. But what must be vexing to those same Packers fans is... Mm-hmm. Success, yes, but 30 years with never worse than the third at worst quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. Marvin Rodgers, and you have two Lombardis, which is the same as Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco have given to Baltimore. So it's so so it's um bemusing at least. Yes, you're you're in the mix every year, but it's gotta be bottom line a little unsatisfying if you're a Packers fan of only one, two Lombardis, but then again, it shows how difficult it is to win a Lombardi, I guess, is the upshot of that. Is the next Pittsburgh Steelers opening day quarterback already on the roster? I would bet so. Um, I don't think that they're going to. They have cap space for once this generation, which they never do. I don't think that they're philosophically inclined to give up all that cap space or a giant amount of it. If they went big ticket and they would have to trade draft picks and, you know, $40 million and everything else in 2022 to get Russell Wilson or, or Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that, that that's something that they're looking to do now that they finally have landed in a spot where they can really flesh out the roster as they need to for one guy. Um, I bet you they're, or, or even with a, you know, middle of the pack guy like Jimmy G, I don't think they're going to pay someone like that $25 million as a stopgap and again, give up that cap space. I bet you they're going to draft somebody. I think they're going to run with Mason Rudolph out of the gate until they deem that kid ready and or they may look at a a cheaper one-year option like Marcus Mariota and I think that would be great I think that would be ideal if if the QB trio were a rookie Mariota and Mason Rudolph some combo of that is uh, to me the sweet spot for 2022 with the Steelers so no Dwayne Haskins he's out of there well, I, I don't know what's going to be with Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people are attaching a lot to what he might be. I mean, possibly. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know enough about what yeah. he shows in practice. I know what he has shown 
in pro football so far and it and it hasn't been good and i know that people like the idea of a reclamation project and all that and that would be awesome if it works out but i think that's really um you know to me that feels more long shot um than it does a, a viable legitimate option in 2022 but you know if they love him then I guess we'll see that based on what happens in free agency in the draft. If if in free agency you see the Steelers really spending up to build up at the line of scrimmage there and maybe add a a, a cornerback. Um, and, and by the way, if you see him add Marcus Mariota, that might be a flag that like, yeah, we're going to see what we got in 2022. We got a vet mm-hmm. plus Rudolph plus Haskins. We think that's enough to make a go of things for one year. Then, then that would um, – feel uninspired to me, but I think it is also workable and, and a path to the playoffs. Keep in mind for all the doom and gloom and boy, wasn't it sad what happened with the Steelers this year and everything. They made the playoffs, you know, I to me, that's not, you know, Steelers, cynical Steelers fans saying like that, Dave, that's not the standard though. Like, yeah, of course it's not. The Super Bowl is, but you have a quarterback on his last legs and an incomplete roster. And yet they still made the playoffs. That's a cause for celebration, not for uh, predictions of doom and gloom. It is the age of free agency. After all, there are a lot more quarterbacks in the college pipeline perennially than there were 25, 30 years ago. This thing of like, dude, it was a long time between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like, yeah, well, things are different now, and they, it will. It is not as difficult to land a quarterback. The only mistake you can make is picking the wrong guy, and that's a legitimate risk. You can you can feel like a guy is you know uh, this guy's definitely going to make it in the league. Baker Mayfield, Jamarcus Russell. You can go through the first round picks that haven't worked out. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, all those guys. And, you know, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice. It's a, you know, 50-50, 60-40 proposition to hit on the right guy. But so long as you do get that right guy, um, and if you don't, I mean, that's the other thing. If nothing else, if Cliff Kingsbury in in Arizona um, uh, has a, has provided a gift to the rest of the league, no matter what happens down there for the Cardinals while he's there, it, it he's proven that you can take – a first round pick one year on a quarterback mm-hmm. and be like, Oh yeah, that didn't work out. We're going to, we're going to do it again next year. You know, it, yeah. it, it, you can undo these things fairly quickly um, given the way the league operates now. Do you think it was intentional that Tom Brady left out the Pats in his original retirement statement? Yes, I did. There's no question. Yeah. Was, was he a fool? He's a, what, what, who, wait, I, Oh, right. The first 20 years were in that other place. Of course that was intentional. Isn't it crazy, though? Because I thought about this and when people were freaking out about it, I'm like, I mean, Peyton did the same thing like Peyton did. Like you will never see anything. Peyton Colts like the bad blood will be there forever. That man sees himself as a Denver Bronco like he wants to own the Broncos. He is a Denverite like you would forget that he spent the majority of his prime. Uh, It's just kind of wild that the Colts Patriots rivalry that was highlighted by Peyton and Brady. Both quarterbacks are like, no, we're good. We don't really want to think about that time at all. And watch the old NFL film, not the old, the new NFL films documentary on old Terry Bradshaw and his relationship with the Steelers. These these things, these guys are, they need it. They've convinced themselves that they need motivation, that they need foes. They need somebody to, to prove wrong. That's what they're all about. That's how they're wired. Brady at some point decided, I need to have a foe 
to push me, even if it's imaginary. I think probably Bill Belichick's kind of like Don Draper in the elevator talking to his younger associate. No, not you at all. He's like, I don't. I, Bill Belichick's like, I think about Bell. It's not like I have any acrimony towards you, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. at this point, you know, but that that's what these guys need for motivation. And that's that, I guess. Absolutely. Like, just look at it with you and I, Dave. Like, yes. when you're doing DDFP years ago, you're like, I feel like there's this college kid listening somewhere ready to take my spot. I've got to keep my A game going. Like, I have to keep moving. Like, there's someone in Atlanta right now just grinding away. It seems like it's a chase. Mm-hmm. I can't put my, I just can't, I can't figure it out. Same, it's it's kind of like Tom Brady and, and Jimmy G arriving mm-hmm. in, uh, in Foxborough. It's like right. the same thing, like two handsome devils, you right. know, only mm-hmm. one can hold the crown though. And well, on this podcast, I guess I'll give it to you. Okay. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Dave. <laughs> um, two quick things and we'll wrap up here. Um, the, your favorite head coaching hire thus far and your least favorite. Um, I think Dable makes some sense with the Giants. I know everybody has decided this means great things for Danny Dimes, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, again, as you see over and over again, it's not just sports, it's life, it's, you know, career stuff is like when they bring in a new guy, a new boss, he's not beholden to the choices that the old boss made. So. I don't know necessarily it's good for for Danny Dimes, but I do think it's probably good for Giants fans who've watched some really shameful offensive displays over the last couple few years there. Um, Least favorite, I guess philosophically, I just I don't love the idea of recycling guys. Um, And I I guess I'm skeptical. We'll see what happens with, you know, who lands a quarterback in Vegas. That's ultimately more important than who the head coach is. But, you know, it feels like we should. I'm all ready to take the bait all over again with Josh McDaniels. And then you just look around and say, like, Brian Flores is the most successful uh, Belichick assistant. And, Mm. you know, that that has a weird new stink on it uh, uh, there. Um, But. So I, I guess based on track record, what what reason is there if you're a Raiders fan to get excited about Josh McDaniels? There's there's not from Bill O'Brien, like some success with the Texans for sure, but not as a personnel guy, obviously. But, you know, for the most part, the Belichick coaching tree has yielded some some sour fruit over the years. And so I guess that would I I'd put that one as my least favorite. Yeah. And I think a lot of that too, I don't know. I just feel like it comes down to the quarterback. Like you said, if you go back through all those Belichick coaching trees, a lot of it was just bad quarterback situations and just bad situation in in general. And that most coaching moves don't work out. Like there's a reason that there's only a couple coaches like the Mike Tomlins and the Bill Belichick's last as long as they do. It's pretty rare. And part of it was that, Hey, they had franchise quarterbacks who were awesome for a really long time like that that helps a lot (laughs) for your longevity in this league so I don't know I would like to know if they walked into situations like Green Bay with Rodgers or they walked into just anywhere else where they had a franchise guy already ready to go if if it still wouldn't have worked out I don't know but we'll see with Derek Carr and Vegas and all that good stuff Um, last thing we'll wrap up here Russell Wilson is he a stealer is he a buck where do you see Russell Wilson playing football the next fall? Because I think he's the most interesting domino. I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think it's Russell Wilson. 
I completely agree with you because there's something weird about Russell Wilson's spot there. I guess he's more desirable at what, 33-ish? I'm not sure even what his age is at this point. But, you know, people keep ignoring that. Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Well, Russell Aaron Rodgers is going to be 39, and there's very little historical precedent that you thrive as a quarterback um, to do that. You're really going for one magic, you know, Mm -hmm. super team year if you go get Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, But – Yeah, it's funny because Russ has been spoken for by eight or ten different franchises out there. New Orleans made a ton of sense in terms of fit, if not salary cap, until Sean Payton left. The Giants make a lot of sense. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it winds up. He and Sierra, it's not been a secret for the last three years, were interested in in New York. you know, Danny Dimes is still, you know, again, the the magical rookie deal and all that. Um, so it's not that big a hit to overlap him or even potentially you say, here's Danny Dimes, Seattle, as a part of the package and back. Uh, and so you reboot with him. We'll take Russell Wilson. And, you know, they are in the the capital of the world there, New York City. So it does make sense for for um, the Giants to try to make a splash, especially with the Jets possibly on the rise. And Zach Wilson, they probably want to make a little bit of hay and, and uh, get the focus back on Big Blue. And by the way, from a PR standpoint, after the ugly stuff now with Brian Flores, potentially, they probably are incented to provide some distraction from that stuff and uh and something to look forward to to distract everybody yeah i'm gonna say tampa i still think it's tampa i think they're gonna be bold like i i want it to be an in it i don't want him in my division i don't want the falcons to have to play russell wilson twice a year but i also i would love if tampa just became the retirement home for (laughs) just franchise quarterbacks if they just leaned into that and we're just like that's what we are like hey come here like tom brady loved it like if you're ready to get out of the cold weather the bad air like seattle new england you're done with the cold hey guess what we've got a great defense good offensive line an older coach who's just like we'll do whatever you want to do we'll sign guys even if those guys will eventually quit mid-game we'll We'll do whatever you want, Russell Wilson, in Tampa Bay. Sierra can enjoy the beach and everything. You like, you'll love it. It's going to be great. Uh, that's what I would do if I was him. Well, Ra- I, well, Raiders tried that for about thirty years with mixed yeah. results. With mixed results, mixed Rich Gannon results. got them to a Super Bowl. So you have that. That's true. That is true. He got them there. That's all we right. can say that's about true. that one. Because I, that's like one of my earliest Super Bowl, like big time Super Bowl memories, was just that beat down and remembering everything about that that game. Um, all right, man. Well, what can uh, we check out from you across your great podcast network? We got extra points and everything else. What uh, can the good folks look out for this week? Follow me at Damashek on social media. Yeah, we got extra points and we've got minus three. Check out those podcasts. Good times always. We appreciate it. All right, Dave. Thank you so much for making the time today. I greatly appreciate it. We'll have to do this again soon. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.